Good morning, gents. So welcome to day two of the Daily Dose of CJO. And today we're going to be looking at the muscular system. So like we did with the skeletal system, let's start with its main function. Now the main function of the muscular system is movement. Now this happens as a result of muscles contracting or lengthening and pulling on the bones. The muscle's secondary functions are also to define body shape and maintain posture which is extremely useful in most sports that require you to adopt a certain position at any one time. For example, like making a block in basketball or crouching down to make a tackle in rugby. Now, we have two different types of muscle in the body. We have voluntary and involuntary. Involuntary muscles are those that can be found in the walls of the blood vessels. In the past, it was believed that involuntary muscles would also be the cardiac muscle. But as you'll find out if you move on to A-level PE, that's not the case. The other type of muscles we have are what we call voluntary muscles. These are the ones that bring about the movement as talked about in the function. There are muscles which can be consciously controlled and trained to be stronger. And these are the muscles we use when exercising or playing sports. Now, how exactly do these muscles create movement? Well, as the bones of the skeletal system provide muscle attachment, okay, the muscles attach to the bones by what is called a tendon. And each one of those muscles is made up of muscle fibers. And when these fibers contract, they pull the muscle and in turn the skeleton, which then brings about the movement in the various limbs of the body. When talking about the muscular system, we need to be aware of the arrangement of muscles in the body. This brings us on to the term antagonistic pairs. All around the body, muscles are arranged in what we call antagonistic pairs. So when one muscle contracts and pulls, the other muscle relaxes to allow the joint to work and produce smooth and efficient movement. Now, there are 12 key muscles that are important that you need to know for your GCSEs. The first one is the deltoid, which are the muscles that form the shoulder cap. And these abduct to allow the upper arm to move away from the body. We have the trapezius, which are the muscles at the top of the back, okay, leading up to the base of the cranium. And these allow us to rotate the shoulder blades backwards and downwards. We have the latissimus dorsi, which is the lower back muscle, the kind of wing-shaped muscles that span from your vertebral column all the way out and around to the front of your body, where it meets the pectorals. This muscle allows you to rotate your upper arm at the shoulders. Moving around to the front of the body, we have the pectorals, these are at the front of the chest, and these allow adduction of the arms. Now remember, adduction is bringing back to the midline of the body of the limb. In this case, we're talking about the arms. We have the abdominals, which can be found on your stomach. Okay? And these allow flexion and rotation of the trunk. By the trunk, we mean the main part of your upper body. 
in the upper arm, we have the biceps, which can be found at the front of the arm. And these allow flexion of the arm at the elbow joint. On the back of the arm, on the upper arm, we have the triceps. And these produce extension of the arm at the elbow. So there's, there's a clear pairing there. In another pair, in the upper leg, we have the quadriceps, which are the front of the leg muscles. And these produce extension of the leg at the knee. And their antagonistic pair are the hamstrings. These are the back of the leg muscles. And these produce flexion of the leg at the knee. We also have our gluteals. These are your muscles that are located in the bum region. And these produce extension of the upper leg at the hip joint. We then, in the lower leg, have the gastrocnemius, which is other name for your calf muscle, which produces plantar flexion of the foot. Plantar flexion being the pointing of the toes. The opposing and antagonistic muscle of that pair is the tibialis anterior. And these are the muscles that run across the shin region. And these produce dorsiflexion of the foot. And dorsiflexion is when we raise our toes to the sky. Also something to consider when we're looking at the muscular system are the different types of contractions possible within a muscle. There are two particular types we need to know of. One of them is an isometric contraction. These are muscle contractions which result in increased tension, but the length of the muscle stays the same. For example, when pushing against a wall, or a wall sit, or when scrummaging against an equal and opposite force in rugby. The other type of muscular contractions are isotonic contractions. These are muscle contractions which result in limb movement. Last but not least, we need to look at the adaptations of the muscular system to long-term and regular exercise. Now the acute or immediate response of the muscular system to exercise are increased blood flow. Once we start to use the muscles, we need more blood to supply the muscles with oxygen-rich blood. We also notice an increase in temperature of the muscles at the start of exercise. Not only that, but we also experience increased pliability of the muscles. And by pliability, we mean the ability to move the muscle in all kinds of directions, making different shapes and sizes, which helps us with our range of movement at the joint. When looking at the long-term benefits of the muscular system, as a result of regular exercise, we have three main things to consider. We have muscle hypertrophy. Muscle hypertrophy is an increase in cell size, which then leads to an increase in cell tissue size, therefore increasing the size of the muscles. The muscles, when they rebuild, they are made slightly stronger, causing an increase in muscle mass, which is what muscle hypertrophy is. This increase in muscle hypertrophy leads to an increase in muscular strength and also an increase in muscular endurance. The difference between the two is that muscular strength 
is the ability to exert a large force over a very short space of time. However, muscular endurance is the ability to repeatedly contract the muscle again and again and again over a long period of time without experiencing fatigue. Both of these things would be great for a sports performer or athlete who participates in any form of event that requires either a forceful contraction or, for muscular endurance, an athlete that participates in a sport that goes on for a long period of time, such as a footballer when the game lasts 90 minutes, or a long-distance cyclist, or a triathlete. Hopefully this has been helpful, guys. Obviously, these are just the basics, what you need to know about the muscular system. But obviously, there's plenty more, and we'll be covering those in subtopics later on on the podcast. Have a good day, gents. Stay safe. Take care.